Hello, folks, and welcome to the Knickknack Podcast, Season 13, Episode 3, Serious Socialism and Other Topics. Um, and I invite you to grab your favorite beverage, grab your favorite tobacco product, if you so indulge, and we'll get started. going on in my life lately. A lot of nonprofit work. Uh, I work at the Peace and Justice Center, um, and I do um, some affiliation with my local uh, Democratic Socialists of America chapter, and I've just been thinking a lot about political things, and where I fall, and what can be done, and that sort of stuff. So, I'll start out by admitting that I'm a reformist. Um, I believe that the change that needs to happen in the world can be done through peaceful reformation rather than violent revolution. Um, Don't get me wrong, my goals uh, for this world are revolutionary and they would take drastic change. But I think we can get there through peace and negotiation and um, using the system in a lot of ways. Um, I may be naive for that belief, I may be stupid for that belief, but that's my belief. So, um, let's take the work uh, that I'm doing for the Peace and Justice Center right now. Uh, We're working on mainly trying to get um, uh, anti-discrimination ordinance passed for those that hold Section 8 vouchers. In simple terms, uh, we're trying to make it such that um, if you have a Section 8 voucher that um, the uh, apartment complexes can't immediately turn you away just because you have that voucher. They have to at least look at your application, consider your credit, consider your rental history, um, and then make their determination based on that. It's a small reform. Uh, It's a reform that many other cities have done, and it seems politically feasible, um, which is why I'm trying to get it done. Um, And I'm trying to get it done through lobbying local uh, city council members. So, um, we've done this uh, through the use of the big idea, my KZFR radio show. Um, We've interviewed Mayor Randall Stone so far and Council Member Scott Huber last week. Um, And if you want to hear that, you can listen to the archives at chicopeace.org and then click on blog and then click on podcast, I do believe is the link. I'll put a link on my website, knickknackjack.net, as well, so you can find that easily. Uh, We're working on getting an RSS feed and getting it in in, uh, Apple Podcasts and all the rest of that shit. So, um, 
that's what we're working on there. Uh, the plan for next week is to have Randall Stone back on again um, to kind of have some follow-up questions and to expand the discussion a little bit more. Um, but again, I want to focus on the fact that I'm a reformist, the fact that I believe that the change change can be accomplished through this, the systems that we have in place. Um, again, naive, possibly stupid, possibly, um, but that's the what route I want to go. Um, and, you know, that could include actually running for political office at some point. I haven't ruled that out. Um, we'll see how life goes. Um, but right now, um, I really want to focus on the Section 8 thing. Secondary to that, the idea of inclusionary housing, the idea that um, developers, when they develop a new property, have to set aside a certain number of units for low, uh, very low, and moderate income individuals. Um, something like 20%. I'd like to see a higher number, but, um, uh, you know, target 20%, let's say. Um, and this would increase housing stock for low and very low and moderate income people. Um, now, I want to focus particularly on renters um, because that's the market I'm in. Um, and I'm welfare class, so I'm a renter. I'll always be a renter. Um, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. So that's the market I'm most concerned about. Um, and, you know, I think uh, the mayor has said previously... Uh, that he wants to do inclusionary housing, um, but at the time he felt that there wasn't political will to do it. Um, now things are interesting politically in Chico. Right now there is a, an attempt to recall Mayor Rendell Stone and Councilor Member Carl Ori. Um, Councilor Member Carl Ori is a personal friend of mine, so that um, I have a stake in this. Um, as, as it were. So I'm bothered by the recall effort. Uh, recently they invalidated a bunch of, uh, signatures on the petition, so they're going to have to start all over again. Um, but that is not going to slow the recall effort down much. Um, if the recall does take place, um, apparently, um, it is likely that uh, Mayor Stone and uh, Council Member Ori would be uh, replaced by Liberal Council members. Uh, so it would be the same situation. So it's like, what are you trying to achieve? Um, and I'm very dismissive of the group that is trying to uh, recall Ori and Stone um, because I, it's just stupid, uh, what they're trying to do, it's, I see it as they're basically throwing a fit, they're basically saying, we don't like the liberal majority, um, so we're going to recall these two, um, individuals, and it, it's a stunt, I think, um, and a stupid one at that, so, 
Um, but that does have political ramifications. Um, Mayor Stone may not be in the position politically right now to pass an inclusionary housing ordinance. Um, which is why, um, I think going to, um, Councillor or Vice Mayor Alex Brown might be a good idea, or Councillor Scott Huber uh, might be a good idea, um, both on the Section 8 and inclusionary housing. Um, so, the thing about these policies, again, is they're reformists. They're drops in the bucket. They're small things. Um, why focus on the small things? Well, I think they're battles that can be won. Um, I think, you know, going after tenants' rights and tenants' unions and bigger things like that, great ideas, wonderful ideas. Um, I support the ideology behind them. Um, I'm just hesitant to uh, try and make big changes. Um, I think step-by-step, piecemealing it together is the way to go. Um that said, uh, Chico is in a huge housing crisis, um, and it's not going to get better anytime soon. Our population has increased by 20% due to the campfire, um, so we're in one hell of a pickle in Chico, um, and my fear, especially being, uh, welfare class is that I'm going to end up in fucking Wyoming or somewhere because I won't be able to afford Chico. Um, and I'm no fan of Chico. I make no secret of that. Um, but, you know, I've got family here and I'm lazy and I don't want to move. Um, so, you know, if I can make it easier through policy changes to stay here, well then, damn it, I'm going to try and do that. Um... And if, I, I, I don't know, if through policy changes I can make um, Chico slightly better, then hey, what the hell, why not? Um, now that said, uh, the politics of the show um, are not where I want them to be. Um, I like it to be more progressive, more socialist, more... Uh, leftist sort of bent to it, um, and it's kind of becoming a centralist show. Not hugely centrist, slightly leftist center, but, um, that's not making me happy, and that's, um, you know, just negotiating with my colleagues and trying to figure that out. Um, there are other things about the show that uh, need work, um, it's too podcasty, it sounds too much like this show, uh, I want to improve that, I want to change that, I've gotten several suggestions, um, from, uh, other programmers as to how to do that, so, I'm thinking, um, and, really, I want the show to be a mix between taking a topic and really breaking it down and talking about it, uh, through the hosts and co-hosts, um, and then also doing interviews. I want to do a mix of both, because I've found in the past that doing interview shows, um, it's hard to book guests week to week, that gets tiring, but I've also found recently that it's hard to do topic shows 
where you're just talking between your the hosts and co-hosts as well. So maybe a mix of the two will work out. Um, I'm not sure, but it's worth a damn try. So that's what I'm thinking at the moment, try and mix and match. Um, and it would be good, um, both for the lobbying efforts and for the outreach of the show to have uh, council members on the show. I think that is an important thing. Um, and I think it opens up potential doors and options. Um, now, there's been some discussion of having conservative, conservative council members on the show, and I'm leery of that concept because it's like, well, the difference of opinion is so strong, what can we achieve here? Um, but, you know, with the right questions, maybe you can achieve something. Um there is one counselor in particular, Casey Reynolds, who um, ran a campaign that was very anti-homeless, um, very much focusing on the interests of the Downtown Business, Business Association, which wants to essentially, um, you know, I refer to them as ice cream fascists. Um, they basically want to round up the homeless people uh, and ship them into camps and get them out of town. Um, and that's fucked up and that's terrible and I don't want that. So my question is, how the hell do I have a conversation with somebody that wants this? Because um, the differences are so vast. Um, and, you know, um, I have a friend that's a fan of empathy circles and trying to get a better understanding of a person's perspective. Um, I feel like I pretty much understand their perspective, um, and I vehemently disagree with it, and I vehemently oppose to the their ideas. Um, so that's where I am with that. Um, something interesting also happened this week. Um... I went to city council, as I usually do, for show content and for political interest. Um, and uh, they were talking about tenants' protection, um, and Alex Brown wanting to have a discussion about that. They voted to agendize it, so that's a good thing. Um, but um, the DSA chapter uh, showed up, um, and I was kind of in this interesting predicament where it's like, well, I'm going as a journalist, effectively, um, but I'm also a dues-paying member of DSA, so what do I do? Um, so I decided oh, I'm going to sit with the DSA chapter members, and I'm going to hold a sign, and I'm going to support this. Um, awkward moments. Um, I don't have the guts to not stand during the pledge. Uh, I don't say the pledge. Uh, what I do is I put my hand over my heart and uh, just silently stand there. Um, maybe, if I'm feeling gutsy, uh, say to myself, one nation under the dollar with liberty and justice for none. Uh, the Simpsons quote that I love so very, very much. Um... But, you know, social pressure, and, you know, they ha also have public prayer there, which pisses me the fuck off, but, you know, what are you going to do? Um, 
so, you know, there's certain aspects of the council meetings procedurally, um, that you just have to go along with, um, and I think, um, you know, if you're gonna show up at council meetings, you kind of have to know the way they go, you kind of have to know the way to behave, um, and, you know, kind of fit in, in a way, um, and yeah, it's kind of objectionable, and it might make you want to vomit sometimes, um, but that's the way these things go, and if you want to make political reforms, you got to play the game to some extent, um, so I don't like playing the game a lot of the times, but I do play the game because, again, I think these reforms can be made, um, and these reforms will result in a piecemeal um, but better, uh, world, so, um, it was interesting, um, you know, the mayor pointed out at one point that they don't allow signs in the aisles, but you could stand in the back, uh, so that was sort of an uncomfortable moment for me, triggered my social anxiety, and thinking to myself, oh my god, the mayor knows me now, um, the mayor probably sees me in the audience holding a sign. What is that? Is that going to have political ramifications for me? What do I do here? Um, so I ultimately went back with the group and held the sign and, you know, nervously shaking the whole time. Um, so, I don't know. Things are all sorts of interesting. I'm working my ass off. Um, I worked three days in a row this week. It tired me the fuck out. Um, as my friend likes to say, I'm out of spoons. Um, so I'm trying to fly and I'm trying to process all the information and all the work that I've done. Um, and where it's leading me and where it's going and what it all means. Um, and you know, I will say I'm not sitting in front of Flight Sim as much. Um, I'm out doing these things, social events, uh, work, um, as far as my personal life goes, um, I'm still, I'm still find myself attracted, uh, to one of the people I work with, um, but, uh, I'm trying to get over it and accept the way things are and just deal with it. Um, there are other potentials out there. I'm kind of, you know, throwing the worm into, in the water and seeing if anybody takes the bait. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that with the dentures and with the improved looks and I got a haircut and socially trying to improve my appearance and my level of social acceptability, I'm hoping that'll pay off in some level. Um, you know, I can still be a passionate socialist at heart, I can still be who I am, but, you know, I, I don't know, there's a certain amount, I said it earlier, there's a certain amount of conforming to society that you have to do if you want to play the game, um, and, uh, like it or not, I'm playing the game, um, and I, I feel conflicted about playing the game, I really, really do. Um, because I want, ultimately what I want is something like the world depicted in The Giver at the start of the book. 
Um, you know, everybody lives in this community. Everybody uh, is assessed for what jobs they would be best suited for. They're given the jobs. Um, I think you should be able to opt out of the out of work if that's what you so choose. But I think if you have to work, you know, it's probably good if you're evaluated as you're growing up, as you're being educated, and you know, you you're matched with uh, the most appropriate job for you. Um, and then, as far as food goes, you know, I I want everybody to be fed and healthy. Um, I, I think you should still be able to choose your own mate. Um, in the giver, they assign you a mate, so that's not so good. Um, I think you should be able to choose, um, and just, you know, go with the risk of that. But, you know, I think, um, connection, and let's face it, sex is a need that should be able to be fulfilled, um, basically, I want everybody's needs to be uh, taken care of. Um, I want, you know, nobody should be wanting for food, shelter, water, air, uh, companionship, meaningful occupation. Nobody should be wanting for any of that shit. Um, it should be provided and it should be taken care of. And guess what? We can do that. We It is a possibility. Um, and yeah, slow reformation is a very... Uh, frustrating and tedious and um, um, glacierly slow way to go about it, but I think that's the best way to achieve it. Because ultimately, you think about it, uh, and I've discussed this before, all the revolutions that have taken place in the history of mankind have utterly failed. From the French Revolution, which resulted in Napoleon to the American Revolution, which resulted in the horrible fucked up system that we have today. They've all failed horribly. Um, So if you're out there thinking, well, we can approve, um, we can get a socialist um, paradise by overthrowing the U.S. government and holding a revolution, um, think again, because it's going to get fucked up. And part of this is humans can design wonderful systems, wonderful concepts, wonderful ideas. But I think it's human nature that we fuck up those concepts and ideas. Um, And I have a book, a manuscript that I've been sitting on for about 15 years now. uh, Maybe 20 years, uh, possibly. I can't do math whenever 2004 was. It was a long time ago. Um... But the idea I wanted to convey is that you can start out very principled, very noble, uh, very idealistic with uh, the idea, good ideas, good intentions, hold your revolution, um, and start a new society, but inevitably, somebody's going to screw it up. Um, So, you know, knowing that is kind of a... Well, why do you even bother? You know, why do you want to push for socialism? Why do you want to push for these reforms if you know it's going to get fucked up? Um, And the honest answer is, I don't know. Um, But I see the world and I say the world sucks. And um, it should be better. 
And I don't want to leave it better for my kids because I don't have plan on having kids. And if the environmentalists are right, it's all going to be over in 10 to 15 years anyway. But I'd like to live in a different society, in a more civilized, more just society. Um, and I think, again, slow, glacierly slow reformation is the way to do it. So that's my brand of socialism. That's my concept of it, um, and I'm serious about it, serious socialism again, um, and I've, you know, talked about a lot of these concepts before, if you go back and listen to the archive, you'll know, um, you know, all about, um, my theories of how FDR was doing well for the most part, except for the whole interning Japanese-American bullshit, which, Wow, is that a big exception. But as far as the New Deal goes, uh, Second Bill of Rights, great fucking ideas. Uh, Then Truman came along and fucked it all up and started the Cold War. Um, So, you know, I don't know. Um, Good ideas, uh, and then human nature comes along. And maybe we can improve on human nature. Um, But if you look at Star Trek... Um, maybe we can't. So, I think I'm going to leave it there for now. I'm probably going to do a Flight Sim podcast here soon, um, because I'm flying and I'm awake and why not. Um, but until then, stay safe, stay sane, happy railroading, happy landings. Bye. (laughs) 